Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Well, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got, uh, we got with us today uh, the Knucklehead Stephen. This is, um, this is exciting. Talking to entrepreneurs, uh, we've got a, we got a special guest with us. Alex, uh, he's actually down in Austin. Um, I'm going to screw up his last name, but I'm going to be a knucklehead and I'm going to try to say it the correct way. But it's, is it Lebovich? Leibovich. Leibovich. Ah, Samsonite. It was way off, but I appreciate you <laughs> taking some time to, uh, to spend some time with us today, man. How's, uh, how's today going and welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's raining down here in Austin. It has been for weeks, but uh, just like everything else in life, we roll with the punches and uh, move right through it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's that's uh, that's the attitude. That's a helpful. So that's a helpful attitude to have. I think it's kind of where I'd like to start. Um, you, you're. Would you consider yourself to be a serial entrepreneur? I mean, help bring us up to speed on on how we've gotten to this point of uh, of Alden Digital and then, and then what came prior to that? Sure thing. So uh, I would absolutely consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I started my first company when I was 16 years old as a high school student throwing rock shows in our local town because I saw that there was a need for that. Uh, obviously, that company didn't go too far because I was a high school student who had absolutely no idea how to run a business. But I saw an opportunity to go outside of the mold, outside of the school to college to work path and really follow uh, a path that I set out for myself. Uh, since then, I've started uh, 14 other companies before Auden Digital. The vast majority of them have failed. But with each one that has failed, I've learned lessons along the way that have helped make uh, companies that came later stronger uh, and better equipped to handle the challenges of uh, being an entrepreneur. You know, I, I love that. Um, I love that you're willing to just talk about how businesses failed. I, mean, I think, I don't know if you're, you've ran into this or not, but here at Knucklehead, we... We want to harp um, on harp. I don't want to say harp. We want to we want to give a amplifier to the voice of failure. One because it's such a critical critical component to having breakthroughs. I mean, it, yes, there's planning that goes into starting a business, right? I mean, there's the same rudimentary steps that you go. You apply for your tax ID. You get an accountant. Get a lawyer. All, you know, the, all those types of all, uh, you know necessary steps. Sometimes those are. Um, after you've already been able to generate revenue, but to dispel some myths here, let's just embrace the failure component of your businesses. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to hover over this point. What, where, what were some of the biggest learning lessons from your initial failures? Uh, and then what were some of your accidental successes, <laughs> so to speak, that came from some of those failures? Sure. So uh, being an early entrepreneur, I started companies, ran them myself, tried to wear every hat, do everything myself, make sure that my books were kept, make sure that my schedules were kept, make sure that I was at each meeting, make sure that I made all the sales. And uh, inevitably, those were the companies that failed the most because I, having not realized that at the time, was not the most uh, qualified person to be wearing all those hats. And I think this is somewhere uh, where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of struggle. They start a company and they have to do everything themselves. And as they build, they take on more and more responsibility instead of realizing that it's possible to put some of that responsibility on co-founders, team members, people that work for you, people that are more highly qualified than you are. 
along the way, I've had uh, a few companies that completely by accident worked out wonderfully. Uh, one such company back in 2012, I started an apparel company called Miltac Apparel. It was for a military and tactical uh, themed uh, shirts, gear, things like that. Uh, and at that time, I uh, completely accidentally linked up with a group that was on Facebook called Awesome Shit My Drill Sergeant Said. And they were starting off their merch line and they wanted uh, somebody that could produce and drop sh shirts for them. Uh, and I stepped in, volunteered and uh, said, hey, I can do this. Uh, and immediately went and set up a company to do it, having no experience with this whatsoever beforehand, but understanding the logistics behind what goes into what they were wanting. Uh, I was able to find partners, hire a few people, and within the first two months, we were grossing five to seven thousand dollars a month um, off of orders that were coming in, first from just them, and shortly after by some other partners. Um, within a few months, uh, the success of these lines became very apparent, and much much bigger providers than I uh, stepped in and were able to offer better deals than I was able to offer. They were bigger companies, they had more resources. Uh, and that company, I eventually shut down because I was not able to compete at the high level that I needed to. Yeah. So the, the, the learning lesson there was, was it that, that you identified an opportunity and you were able to capitalize on that, uh, in the window or was the learning opportunity, I guess, what was it? What, what, what was it that you gleaned from that experience? Well, it's a little bit of both. So we stood up a company in under a month and started producing uh, thousands of dollars of revenue right off the bat, off of my previous experience of starting up companies, uh, the basic logistics of what goes into making sure the company is up and running and servicing the need. Uh, that was in a very, very specific niche. We did one thing. We printed and shipped apparel with a military and tactical community. That was it. So having... Uh, learned about niches before then, I realized that that's something that you could really push, but I simply did not have the resources or the experience to compete uh, within that market. So that taught me a very valuable lesson. Just because I can start a company does not mean it's going to be successful within a market. Yeah, that's a valuable lesson. That's a, value, that's a very valuable lesson. Um, <laughs> I like that. So just because you can start a business doesn't mean that you can be successful. So how do you, how do you, uh, analyze? So actually before we, before we move on, let's, let's back up a second. So I'm hearing a lot of military themed, um, uh, experience in some of your examples. Uh, did you, did you spend some time in the military and what did you learn during that time? If you, if you were in. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I spent six years in the Marines. I was crash fire rescue as a reservist. I was activated in 2009. Uh, we went down to North Carolina for our workup, deployed to Iraq in 2009, returned in 2010. Um, the lessons that I learned uh, were, were multifold here. So we have uh, the, the discipline that you get instilled in the military, the lifestyle, the, the thought process, the perseverance the adapt and overcome attitude that you have to take in that situation. And on the other side of the house, I was crash fire rescue. So we were firefighters and uh, basic EMS, first responders or EMTs. I actually worked up to my EMT while I was in. And that taught me the exact opposite side of the house, the compassion uh, for, for other beings, whether you knew who they were or not. Uh, together again with uh, some educational aspects and some project management aspects as well. 
That's exciting. So you, you leveraged, you leveraged all of those skills and those really uh, intangible, so to speak, that takes place, um, you know, during military training and you leveraged them to, uh, to be valuable tools for you and your uh, they business. They were a good start. They were a good start, you said? They were a good start. And I say start because it doesn't end there. I've been out since 2013 and my education has not, uh, has not stopped there. Uh, getting out of the military and transitioning to the civilian world, um, I very luckily uh, stumbled across some incredible business lessons and some incredible uh, life lessons through mentors who completely by accident uh, I happened to come across. One such uh, situation is when I first moved to Austin back in 2013, uh, I took a job with Keller Williams as part of their marketing department. I was their Drupal developer. Drupal is a type of uh, uh, web development platform uh, that they built all of their sites on. Not all of them, but the sites that I was working on were built on that. And in my time there, um, Keller Williams was in the middle of their massive push for Gary Keller and Jay Papasan's book, The One Thing. And being part of the marketing department, it was my job to understand the book, to understand the market behind the book, and to help uh, market this book to people who would find it useful. And one of the principles that they uh, speak about in this book is that you are not going to be the single most qualified person in your organization to handle everything. And understanding where your strengths are, and more importantly, where your weaknesses are, allows you to find people who complement you or can help drive the success of your business by being more qualified than you are at doing something within your organization to drive that business. That's great. That's great. So hold on for a second. Let's, let's, let's hover over that. Sure. The, the, the mentors that you had weren't mentors in where your strength zones were, or was it because they put you in environments that you hadn't been before, that you had kind of gotten some experience in just that, uh, I guess, expanding your comfort zone and learning something that you already had some basic understanding of is where they mentored you. Help me understand at least that example. So they put uh, concepts in my head that I had not thought about. These are individuals who are significantly more qualified than I am at uh, what they do. They are phenomenal businessmen. Uh, Gary Keller uh, raised up the largest real estate company in the U.S., uh, Keller Williams Realty. And... In the success that he spoke about and in the failures that he spoke about and Jay Papasan spoke about and some other leaders at the organization spoke about, they were very transparent that not everything was rainbows and sunshine, that identifying challenges and really tackling those is what makes businesses successful, not ignoring them. Do you find that there's a, um, there's a consistent trend in, the, I guess, the myth of entrepreneurship that uh, I think there was a book that was written. I think it was the E Myth. I could be I could be wrong, but there was examples where people feel as if you know starting their own business or running, uh, starting their own business or to ru running, I guess their own projects kind of gives them the ability to think that. Well, I mean, things are all going to be rainbows and sunshines. Do you feel like that's a myth that people operate on, or a, an assumption that it runs rampant through entrepreneurs today? Uh. To an extent, and I think this is a good point to, uh, to really define what the difference between an entrepreneur and somebody who is self-employed really is. Somebody okay. that's self-employed uh, works for themselves, sets their own schedule, sets their own expectations, makes their own money, uh, and has the ability to do so outside of the constructs of somebody else's organization. 
an entrepreneur identifies his organization as a separate entity from himself and sets the organization up to be uh, financially stable, to make money outside of the entrepreneur's uh, need to be a part of that organization, to actively work in that organization. A good example, if you are a speaker that makes $100,000 per engagement, if you do not show up and speak, you do not make that $100,000. That is not an entrepreneur. That's a self-employed individual. If you run a company and you employ speakers and you never speak, but every time one of your speakers goes and speaks, you make money, that is true entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's a, that's a great distinction. It's a really good example, too. Um, that's awesome. So let's... Let's let's talk about let's talk about your most fun but least profitable business uh, because we you know we're knucklehead podcast here. You're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, confuse us with a, a Harvard business lesson. So let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of your your most fun businesses that you ran that were the least successful in your mind. Sure, uh, probably the most fun business I have run up until the one that I'm in now uh, would be that very first one. Uh, at 16 years old, I was a high school student in a small town in New Jersey with absolutely nothing to do and everything that shuts down at 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. Towns uh, over from us was uh, a music venue, and there was a single company there that was throwing uh, pretty successful shows with some of the local rock bands uh, that were playing in the area. And rock was a very big thing uh, when I was growing up where I was at that time. So a lot of kids found entertainment in going to these shows on Fridays and Saturday nights. And uh, I found that there was enough demand for these shows uh, with enough supply of the venues, if you think outside of the box on what a venue could be, that I could start throwing these shows. So I, together with uh, two other high school students who were both junior to me in high school, mind you, started putting together these shows and promoting them. Now, because we went to the high school where these kids were that went to these shows, we were able to uh, promote that via uh, word of mouth, just in daily conversation. Our friends were the ones that went to these shows. Their friends were the ones that went to these shows. Uh, These were back in the MySpace days. I started a very successful MySpace page for the company. Uh, The company was called Fireshop Promotions. It's actually still up on MySpace right now. Yeah. we had uh, hundreds of people show up to our shows. We started thinking outside the box. That venue where those shows uh, were being thrown got flooded out and destroyed uh, right around the time that we were doing this. And we found uh, alternative venues, gym, uh, church, uh, common areas. Uh, we even threw a couple shows at coffee shops. I got, uh, I got a job at a coffee shop, worked up to assistant manager, and convinced them to let me throw shows there after hours, as long as they were acoustic in nature. That's funny. That's awesome. I, having loved going to those shows, found an opportunity to not have to pay to go to those shows, but instead uh, do what I wanted, bring the music that I wanted, and found people that really appreciated that. Now, the lesson there, however, was I was bringing the music that I wanted, perhaps not the the best representation of the total market. Uh, I was also 16 uh, years old at the time, had no concept of business, how to grow a business, how to sustain a business, uh, but learned along the way and spent a lot of time researching. Uh, That company actually led uh, directly to another company that I started later on in life back in 
let's see, 2014, uh, I started Deaf Productions, which was a production company in Austin, Texas, where we threw EDM shows. EDM was my music uh, choice of the time, and I found a market. Uh, there were companies here in Austin that were throwing events, and uh, my group of friends was going to them in hordes. I would pick up tickets from promoters by the tens or the dozens uh, for my friends and my groups of people. I reached out to a few of those promotional companies and asked how I can get involved and how I can become one of their promoters. So instead of just facilitating these sales, I can actually start to draw something off of my network. Uh, and they refused to bring me on. So I turned around and I started a company with a gentleman by the name of Sam Corbett. And we started throwing shows very successfully for, uh, for a period of about two years. That's exciting. That's exciting. It's able to leverage the, the, um, your interests. You know, it's, it's funny how you drew a delineation between the self, somebody who's self-employed and somebody who is an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, the, the, just the common theme that I'm hearing over and over again is leveraging something that you were interested in and figuring out where the opportunity lies. And, uh, there's a progression, obviously a maturation that takes place, uh, versus, <clears throat> versus just doing the same thing over and over again and getting, you know, inconsistent results, so to speak. So that's exciting, man. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about, uh, Alden digital and uh, I guess in closing, how, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and how can they, how can they support you in your business? Appreciate your service, by the way. In the Marine My Corps pleasure. So, uh, Arden Digital is a digital marketing agency that is in Austin. Uh, I come over the course of all of my companies. One thing has been uh, consistent. I have been doing web design, web development for about 14 years. Uh, the past six of those years were spent in the enterprise and government sphere, where I worked on projects for companies like Keller Williams and for Yahoo and the Department of Labor uh, and several more. And what I realized in, uh, in this recurring theme was this is something I was very, very good at. And concepts that I had learned and taught at some of these companies were applicable to the SMB community. Uh, and I started this agency with the goal of helping entrepreneurs specifically work on their startups, establish their protocols, establish their operations, establish their marketing, automate what they can. Uh, and really, truly uh, treat their company as an independent entity that was able to grow on their own outside of that individual. Um, we currently work uh, here in Austin with multiple different uh, types of businesses. We focus primarily on tech startups. Uh, but recently, I have found uh, that the veteran community has a lot of need for what we do and not a lot of resources to help them specifically. And we started uh, mentorship for several uh, entrepreneurs that are veterans, and we help them set up their businesses, and we help coach them, and we provide education, we provide feedback, and uh, we're building up that side of the house a little bit more now. We're trying to uh, make ourselves available to entrepreneurs as a resource, uh, to veterans as a resource, because that's not something that uh, is really ever instilled in us in the military. We're not told, hey, you can transition out and go start your own company. We are told that, hey, you have to transition out and this is what you do next. And entrepreneurship's really not spoken about. Uh, uh, at least it wasn't when I got out. I'm not sure about the current climate. But there is a great need for that. And veterans make incredible entrepreneurs because they are resilient and they know how to run teams and they know about leadership and they know how to follow as well. And a good leader knows how to follow. 
So we are currently uh, expanding uh, as quickly as, uh, as could be. Uh, and we're growing and we're changing and we're involving. Uh, and we continue to try to give back to our community here. Uh, another initiative that we have starting uh, this month, actually, is with the success that we have uh, had, we have found uh, an ability to use our, our, social, uh, our social networks, our networks in general, to make a difference in the world. And one of the things that I identified that I strongly believe in uh, is in cleaning up the, uh, the planet and the oceans. There are massive garbage patches that are floating in uh, multiple oceans in the world that people might not even realize are out there. There are hundreds of tons of trash floating in a congregated uh, pile, essentially, on the surface of the ocean where the currents bring all the trash together. And I identified that as uh, something that I wanted to make a difference in. So we now donate uh, a portion of our proceeds to organizations that are leading the charge of, uh, of cleaning those up. And we focus specifically on startup-style organizations, bootstrap-style organizations, that are not organizations for the purpose of making money, but are truly people making a difference in the world. And us enabling them to continue their efforts uh, allows us to not just make money off of what we do, but really leverage that money to make a difference. That's a great. It's a great way to. It's a great way to summarize um, how capitalism can can significantly influence and and sway a cause for good. It's a. It's a great. It's a great uh, testimony for free market economics and and. Absolutely, we all we all have decisions that we make with the money that we uh, we bring in, and uh, some people choose to take that money and make a difference, and some people choose that to take that money and invest in things that are counterproductive to that difference. And yep. my personal values, my personal morals, put me in that former group. I want to be the change that I want to see in the world instead of uh, relying on everybody else to do so. Well, you've got uh, you got some valuable skills there, uh, Alex, and some great experiences that can help a lot of budding veteran entrepreneurs. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? How do they, how do they leverage um, the social media channels or how do they, how do they connect with you? Sure. Uh, easiest way to reach out to us is on audendigital.com. That's a U D E N digital.com. You can also find us uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on YouTube, uh, we lead a group here in Austin on Facebook called Austin Small Business Growth Hacking. It's a free group for any uh, Austin entrepreneurs or Austin uh, mentors or Austin investors or Austin growth hackers and the surrounding area, of course, that helps give education back to the community on how to really grow your business sustainably and in a way that it has a positive impact on others. That's, that's exciting. That's exciting. Well, I mean, that's cool. I, I appreciate you uh, you plugging the the group one because sometimes there's you know as as entrepreneurs and as uh, veterans, we're less apt to want to go uh, engage in a one on one conversation. We want to be able to kind of curate material in a way, and so that's uh, that's really cool that you you make that uh, that group available. And obviously, there's going to be some content back and forth that people can go and find best ways to get in touch with you. And, and go from there. So, Alex, I, I appreciate you taking some time to be a guest on Knucklehead, man. We're, uh, for, for those, for those yeah. of you who've been – say that one more time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate, uh, appreciate being here. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's, it's, it's always a blast to talk with, uh, with sharp guys 
such as yourself, but then also just learn from guys. Listen, you don't have to have this all figured out. There's always, there's always people that are, that are screwing up, that are messing up, but learning from those mistakes and being willing to share uh, in those mistakes is that's, that's really the, the secret that's going to lead to your next breakthrough. And that's what, uh, that's what we try to do here at Knucklehead. We try to get, uh, try to provide a platform for people to just talk about their mistakes, talk about the things that they screwed up instead of acting as if they have it all figured out. So Alex, we appreciate you hitting the nail right on the head today, buddy. Yeah. A closing note really quick for, uh, Let's do it. yeah, go ahead. Struggle with that. Um, I want to leave you with a book that I think every entrepreneur should read. Every person honestly should read. The book is called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And the premise of the book, uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but dumbed down very quickly is the more time you worry about what could be in the future, the less time you're spending reacting to what actually is. And that's a very important lesson. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with anxiety and worry and uh, expectations for what the future could bring instead of really focusing on what the present is now. And that's not just within business, that's within our personal lives as well. Uh, and that's a message that, that I try to, uh, uh, to, to share with everybody as well. 100%. That's, that's 100% correct. And those of you who are struggling, those of you who are in the midst of it and the, in the weeds, so to speak, he just told you how to get in touch with them. And I'm not on top, on top of that, you know how to get in touch with us. We had a guest on our podcast. I think it was episode 16 that they literally gave the best way to get in touch with him. And he said, Hey, listen, if you're struggling and you're so kind of caught up in it that you think that you're at your wits end, just, if you're listening to this, you're not there. Call us, connect with us. That's what that's what veterans do. We try to. It's really what people should do, but it's 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 you just leave yourself available to at least have a conversation. And so that's what we want. We want this environment, this atmosphere, this communication, this tool uh, to be used for you that are listening to leverage the experience of somebody else to know that it's going to be okay. It may not be great right this second. If you're struggling with, through a business struggle, but it is what it is. You're going to get through it. Don't be beta get some wins and iteratively take those next steps to, to achieving your, your next step or excuse me, your next goal. So. Absolutely. Uh, and failure is not the end of anything. Like I said, this is my 16th company and 15 of them, uh, I'm sorry, no, 14 of them no longer exist, but that doesn't stop me from continuing forward, from growing from my mistakes and from really trying to push for what I believe in. 100%, man. That's exciting. Well, Alex, we appreciate it. Hey, listen, you can, you can listen to knucklehead podcast. Uh, on iTunes, on uh, Podbean, your favorite podcast listening app. You connect with us on knuckleheadpodcast.com. Get your don't be betas, your, you get some wind shirts. Or if you just want to just curate some of the old material, you're welcome to find us uh, on any of your favorite podcast listening material or YouTube. Um, so appreciate it, guys. Have yourself a good rest of the day. Alex, uh, it's back to it, isn't it? Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks buddy. You bet.